Hello, I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and you do have a friend in me. I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media to promote themselves and their businesses. And we have a treat today. We have Kim Sporer here, who is uh, just, uh, we are actually only Facebook friends. We'd never met out in the real world until earlier today. So that just goes to prove to people that you can make very great business contacts online on social media. But anyhow, Kim is the Director of Communications for the Humane Society of Boulder Valley, where she was also named a 2010 Employee of the Year. She earned her accreditation in public relations, which is the APR designation, in 2007 and has more than two decades of communications and public relations experience, including 11 years with public relations agencies and 13 years of nonprofit organizations. She has proven experience working with nonprofits, global corporations, complex companies, governmental and political entities, and news organizations. Wow, I get tired just reading that. She specializes in and enjoys designing and implementing integrated public relations programs that help companies and organizations meet their business goals and build their reputations with key stakeholders. She's won numerous local and national awards. She is a member of the Public Relations Society of America and is currently president-elect for PRSA Colorado's Board of Directors, and she is a Universal Accreditation Board member. She's also also a board member for Community Shares of Colorado and is an alumna of the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce Impact Denver program. So, as I said, this is just such a treat to have Kim here with us today. And I, you know, to me, social media is an absolute must for nonprofits because it is such a way to reach so many people. And it's not even people local. You know, you can reach so many people. But let's take a step back and. You know, first I want to welcome Kim. So, you know, thank you for, for coming down today. Centennial is rather a trek from Boulder. You know, anybody who is uh, listening and, and in, is in the Denver area knows that that's pretty far. But for those of you who are online and listening a little further away, it's about an hour and a half drive just to come down here. So, you know, thank you so much for, for coming down to do this today. How did you get started using social media? Well, thanks for having me here today, Great. Deb. I really appreciate it. It's fun. Um, you know, I really just got started because I felt like um, it was another really valuable tool in the arsenal of PR mm-hmm. opportunities of things that people can use to spread the word about clients or organizations. Right. And so um, my curiosity drove me there to start with mm-hmm. because I started playing around with my own accounts and mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how it all works and what, what people like and and uh, what what people might be interested in, in for their needs. And so Great. probably about four years ago mm-hmm. was the first time I started wow. getting involved. And um, I think I started with LinkedIn, actually. Okay. It was my first first try. <laughs> so, um, and LinkedIn was, you know, I started getting all these requests from people asking me to join them yeah. on LinkedIn. And so I thought, well, maybe I will. Mm-hmm. And um, still use the personal accounts that I have as kind of a trial run basis for mm-hmm. the things that I do for my own organizations that I work with. Great. Well, and, you know, I, I, we're definitely connected on LinkedIn and on Facebook. What I really like about your Facebook personal page is that you have a good mix of just fun stuff. You were talking about the Academy Awards uh, last night, and then you also mix in your business. To me, I think that's very important, but have you found that that's very beneficial? 
Yeah, I like to mix it up a little. Mm-hmm. I like to I I think people who are my friends on Facebook are interested in what I'm doing personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. I hope they are. Um and so I like to have a little bit of both. And I actually, you know, too, I'll put some things on my Facebook page, my personal page mm-hmm. before I post them sometimes on on the uh, Humane Society's page just mm-hmm. to see how people respond to it oh, sometimes. Okay. Um, but, I, you know, there are some people in our organization who say, you know, just so you know, I just I don't mix work and, per- and personal, right. and mm-hmm. I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to put something asking mm-hmm. for my friends to give right. donations mm-hmm. or whatever on their page. And so, you know, I totally respect that, and people have the right to do whatever they um, want or feel comfortable cool. with doing on their pages. So, but I do nice. like to kind of mix it up. Nice, nice. Well, you know, speaking of companies, does your organization have a written policy about social media use? We have one drafted. It's not. <laughs> it's not in place yet. But um, we've had a couple of situations where we've had some people um, advocating for animals on their pages. And so, you know, we, we, we realize that that's something that we really need. Mm-hmm. It's drafted. It's actually in legal review okay. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with, with nearly 100 employees and more than 500 volunteers, wow. we have a pretty loud voice that right. we could mm-hmm. have on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, it could, if it got negative, it could get, ne- mm-hmm. you know, right. spread pretty quickly. You so. know, and, and unfortunately, it, it you know, because people are so passionate about their animals, it does have the potential to go negative. So it is nice to have that little step that you have taken where you have said, you know, this is, is what's going on. Um, now, you know, I, I have, I've worked with companies before who have said, you know what, we're just going to tell our employees to be adults. That's nice, but whose definition of adult? <laughs> so to me, it is better just to have a, a, a policy. It doesn't have to be long. I've seen some that are 30 pages long. Wow. I mean, they let the legal department get a hold of them. <laughs> and you know, to, to me, though, it really is about being an adult. And but, but making sure that people know that even when you're posting on your personal page, people know where you work. So you can't really kind of go into some of those areas that you might want to, you know, but but you do have a responsibility to the organization. Right, that's right. Yeah, our our policy is about two pages long, mm-hmm. and, you know, it really just gives some people some guidelines, right. which they have actually asked us mm-hmm. for. You know, just tell us what you do or don't mm-hmm. really want us doing, and we'll be happy to, you know, follow your rules. Right. So. You know, and, and I think that probably is the biggest thing, is people just want that guidance. You know, if somebody asks me a question about, you know, where I work, what do I say? What can I say? Because they don't want to say, I'm sorry, I can't say anything. Mm-hmm. That seems kind of weird. You know, so they want to be able to say, oh, sure, you know, because, yeah, whether they're a volunteer or a staff member, the people that they're associated with know that that's what they do. So they're going to ask, you know, gee, what's happening? We heard about puppy mills or we know you have a great fundraiser going on. So they want to have that direction as to what they can say. Right. It's it's a little bit funny. Sometimes I laugh about what have I created because when I started <laughs> at the Humane Society about almost three years ago, mm-hmm. There was not really someone in charge of communications. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I put a lot of things into place as far as media guidelines and branding guidelines. And, wow. you know, the mm-hmm. a lot of the, mm-hmm. the social media things were new, too, that they had a Facebook page, but, you know, 300 fans was all and didn't really use it except for special events. And so... So I put a lot of new guidelines and things and and things in place and and you know a lot of times I had people coming to me saying w- is it okay if I post something on Facebook <laughs> you know they take a cute picture of an animal or something right, and I'm right. like yes please do you know so that that's kind of fun that you know I'd rather have it that way than having them 
say, you know, well, I'm just going to do it. And, you know, mm-hmm. so that, yeah. but very respectful. So, well, and you're now over 4,000 people who like the page. So that's very cool. You know, it's, it's fun because you've got these cool pictures and everybody likes stories about dogs and cats. So tell me your process for deciding what to post. Uh, you know, I try to um, base it on something that's very timely. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to give things to people that, that I know they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have found a few things by just trial and error that people really love. They love the adoption stories. They absolutely right. mm-hmm. love to advocate for an animal that's you know up for adoption mm-hmm. and sharing their profile of that animal on their pages. And then, you know, I'm pretty good about going back and if, the animal gets adopted, I post something and oh, I usually nice. will say, yeah. hooray, Fluffy was mm-hmm. adopted. So, you know, that, that people kind of have that closure. They mm-hmm. know that something nice happened with that animal. And, and, um, I encourage people to now and then to post pictures of their own right. pets doing different mm-hmm. things. Um, I, you know, a lot of times it's based on, I, I can't, I have attempted to create kind of an editorial schedule uh-huh. of things for our Facebook page, but, um, we have so many things happening and it's so fluid and dynamic in our organization that, you know, it just, it kind of flew out the window pretty quickly. And so, you know, I try to make sure that it's things that have a wide appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do timely things like yesterday for the Academy Awards. Um, they had the dog from, uh, the, oh, the yes, artist. Oh, yes, from the artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, they stopped giving uh, Academy Awards to dogs after Rin Tin Tin almost stole the show a few, you know, a few <laughs> decades ago. Uh-huh. And um, so I just posted the picture and, and a story from Yahoo about um, animal actors and said, you know, should we be giving act, uh, animal actors Academy Awards too? And just try to engage a little mm-hmm. discussion. So. Right. Well, and, and you did get comments on that. I'm, I'm looking here online, and, and it's very cute because people did post comments. Now, you know, I, I watched all of 30 minutes of the Academy Awards and did see, you know, the, the very end, and I thought it was very cute that they did take the dog on stage. I right. thought that was, was very special. Okay. But, you know, that that's what makes it nice when people are looking at your page they know that it's current, you know, so then they know that your organization is current. And that's one of the, the problems that I have with people when I talk to them. They, they want to post every once in a while. You know, well, I'm going to post this week, and then maybe I won't post again for a couple weeks. And they think that's great, but it means that their, their content is stagnant. Mm-hmm. And if they only want to post something every couple of weeks, well, that's what a website is for. You know, they can change the text there and not get too carried away. So that's one of the things that I really like about your page is it's very dynamic. You have lots of different information. Um, I see that you post about fundraising events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, tell us how you, you do that, you know, and, and kind of how you do you, the ask for money because that's a little hard. You know, it's hard for businesses to do that. But to me, people expect a nonprofit to say, hello, we need money, we need donations, but you've got a good balance in in how you do that. So talk to me about how you do that and how, how other nonprofits can do that too. Yeah, and I try not to. I really try hard not to have our our Facebook page dominated by fundraising requests. Right. So mm-hmm. I like to give people reasons why they should support our organization, and then try to figure out the things that are a better fit for Facebook. Not all the fundraising things that we do are a good mm-hmm. fit for social media, um, but if we send out, um, a lot of times we'll do an e blast out to people to ask for donations for a certain thing or or tell them about a fundraising event that we have coming up. And I usually will copy the link that we use 
on the e-blast mm-hmm. and put the exact same thing on our Facebook oh, page nice. so that mm-hmm. we have this, you know, continuity of right. messaging mm-hmm. and, and that even if they're not on our list, they still have access mm-hmm. to the information that we're requ- requesting. Um, I also try to give them a nice variety of different types of ways that they can give because mm-hmm. people like to give for various sorts of things. And right. so some might attend our events. Uh, some people we have, I've just posted this weekend too, um, we have a partnership with Mixtain Neighborhoods, and they'll give us $5 oh. for every new like that they get on their Facebook page oh, up that's to cool. $1,000. So that's a real easy mm-hmm. thing for right. Facebook fans to do. Mm-hmm. They just click, and don't, and they're not even, it's not even coming out of their pockets, mm-hmm. you know, but we need their help to get to that $1,000 mark. Um, you know, there are other ways. Um, I have a link to causes on Facebook mm-hmm. on our page. Um, one of the tabs is if you click on donate, you'll see the causes tab. And just this morning, someone went on and clicked on that and had their birthday wish be that their friends give them di- gifts to the Humane Society of Boulder Valley rather oh, than, cool. than, you know, personal gifts. So just easy things like mm-hmm. that, that, you know, people might stumble upon or that we may, you know, direct them straight to mm-hmm. it. Great. You know, and, and I think that's what's important, whether you're a nonprofit or a business owner, the easier you make it for people, the better it is. Um, you know, and, and it's so nice when you go to someone's Facebook page and it just redirects them to a place where they can donate on the website. And it needs, again, it does need to be easy. Uh, you know, I, I work with some nonprofits and they will have it, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, please donate or please sign up to do this or, or whatever. And then they'll just take it to the homepage on their website. Well, then that means that the person has to, you know, they might want to read about it, but more than likely they cared or they wouldn't have been there to start with. So it should go just to the place where they donate. If I have to stop and find where to donate, I go on and, and I do something else. So, you know, easy, easy, easy is probably the, the best key for people. Right. Making it easy and, and making it um, really su- uh, succinct so that they don't have to read a bunch of information to try to figure mm-hmm. out what you want them to do. Great. So Cool. Well, we are already at our first break, so we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, let's talk more about kind of that editorial calendar and how you think about what you post, where you post it, how you get the information. Great, great. Back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. I hope it always will stay this way. My hat is off. Won't you stand up and take the You 
We are back, and thank you for being a friend. I'm Deb Creer, and if you're not already my friend on Facebook and all of the other various social media sites, it's very easy to find me. You go to the show page here on Mile High Radio, and you can find all the information about how to connect with me online. While you're at it, we would like for you to connect with Kim. Actually, we'd like for you to connect with the Boulder Humane Society. <laughs> so how do we find you? How, you know, where, where do we get all your online information? Well, um, you can find it on our website. It's boulderhumane.org. We have Great. links on the homepage, actually, to our Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, YouTube, and uh, Foursquare pages. Perfect. So you can link us up there. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the really nice thing, you know, I was scrolling through your page, looking at it, and, and you know, I've, I've liked the page for a very long time. You have such a nice mixture. You know, you've got the information about... The, some of the pets that you have available, which is always kind of fun because I always want to go get them. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, we could have just one more. Um, but, you know, you've got that. You've got the fun things. You've got information about your volunteers. But for people who maybe aren't here in Denver, one of the coolest things to me is you have educational information. So you talk about dog training, you know, various things on there. Where do you get your information and how do you decide what to post? That is the challenging part. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of people don't realize that at the Humane Society of Boulder Valley, we have, you know, not only do we have adoption animals, but we have a full-service training and behavior center that offers ah. classes seven days a week. Great. And probably 15 different types of classes mm-hmm. um, in addition to cat consultations. So, you know, I've got a plethora of information just from our training center nice. that we could be promoting. Then we also have a full-service veterinary clinic mm-hmm. um, that's open to the public. So... There are lots of things that we can talk about when it comes to animal health. Um, you know, we offer day camps for kids and all kinds of different things. And so um, I always have loads of content. Um, <laughs> I just have to try to figure out what people are most right, interested right. in. And so if we have some new classes opening up or, um, you know, for instance, last week when we had the windstorm that came mm-hmm. through Boulder, you know, I had Nine News call and ask about what do people do if they – um, have lost a pet because right. of the wind mm-hmm. or their fences blew yeah, down. Yeah, their fence blew down and, yeah. you know, Fido and Fifi ran off. Right. So, you know, we started out when the wind started coming up. I just posted a cute picture of a little terrier with his wind, the wind blowing his hair mm-hmm. and said, small dog alert, be careful, yes. you know. Take them in. Something take fun. Them in. Yes. But mm-hmm. then as the day went on and I started hearing that the shelter was mm-hmm. getting calls and right. worries from pet owners, then we posted something and we posted the nine news story and said, you know, here are some tips. If, mm-hmm. if you've lost your pet, uh, you know, here's what to do right. and, and here's how to protect your pet during the next time that something mm-hmm. like this happens. So, you know, try to make it timely. Try to um, make sure that it's things that people are interested in in learning about. And then also just trying to figure out what are some of our own, you know, at, we are a nonprofit, but we have business objectives, and right. we've got mm-hmm. we've got classes that you know we need to fill. Ah, and mm-hmm. um, so, if there's a you know if there's only three spots left in a class that has 15 seats, and the class is two days away, mm-hmm. we'd like you know I'd, right. I I get on there and spots. I try to fill mm-hmm. those spots. So encouraging people to get some training for their mm-hmm. dogs. Um, you know, when it comes to adoption, sometimes we have. Um, for example, tomorrow we're getting 70 puppies into the oh. shelter. So by the end of the week, we'll have a lot of puppies that need homes. Mm-hmm. So I'll be doing a lot of things on Facebook and, cool. and Twitter, telling people about the puppies and mm-hmm. featuring them and and uh, help, hoping that people will come and, right. and adopt them. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and, and of course, the nice thing about getting an animal from your shelter is it's already spayed or neutered. It's current on its shots, you know, so, and, and that's one of those things that people, you know, they want a pet, and that's a big first expense. So you've taken care of all of that for somebody. That's right. Yeah, the, the animals, um, you know, they're, they're ready to go home, and the, you know they. And you also get a thirty days uh, from adoption free health insurance check. Oh, nice. So if something does happen after mm-hmm. they leave the shelter, that you know they're not with us very long usually. When that's a wonderful mm-hmm. thing, and so sometimes when they get home, they may break with illness, mm-hmm. and and so you can bring them back to our veterinary clinic Great. or to your own veterinary nice. uh, clinic and and get them checked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and to me. As, as much as we want all of the, the animals placed for adoption, to me, the education piece is what has probably the broadest implications because so many people have pets. Um, and there, uh, it would have been uh, probably three weeks ago now when um, a local television anchor was bit in the face by a dog. She was interviewing the, the owner and, and, you know, talking about the dog on air, and she was bit. I saw that you had posted information about that, both, you know, training information, this is what to expect, and then some updates about the, the news anchor, because fortunately she's doing very well. Right. Um, you know, and, and so do you get a lot of calls like that where people say, you know, we've got an aggressive animal or, you know, what do we do? So that, that really shows you that people are looking for that information? Right. I mean, a big part of our mission is really enhancing relationships between pets and people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, training and helping um, people and their pets understand one another is a big part of what we try to do. And so, you know, when we hear about something that's very, you know, it's that story made national global news, actually. Mm -hmm. And so for us to not address what happened Mm -hmm. and to not answer questions that we were Mm -hmm. getting from the news media, plus people, you know, who who are um, adopters from our shelter, Mm -hmm. um, would be kind of irresponsible, Mm -hmm. I think. And so, you know, we posted some information. We posted some tips. We reminded people that we have a class um, introduction to dog behavior that they can take and Mm -hmm. learn about some of those those signs and and, um, things that dogs Mm -hmm. do with their bodies to warn us about some things that are happening. You know, and, and as I said, it was really nice that, that uh, Kyle wasn't more seriously hurt. You right. know, it was it was certainly serious, but you know, it, it could have been much worse. But the nice thing was that you did use it as a way to educate people to say, you know, if, if the dog is uncomfortable, here are some things that, that the dog might start doing. Right, and I think what I really thought was great that Nine News did was. They brought in a behaviorist and mm-hmm. taught, you know, trained their team too. Right. And then, then they took it even a step further and did a whole week long series on animal behavior mm-hmm. to help their viewers right. to learn. And they mm-hmm. made it an educational event as well. And so, you know, that gave more opportunities for people to share the information. Mm-hmm. And so, so we love that when, when people take, you know, what's turned out to kind of be a, uh, a nasty incident, mm-hmm. you know, and turn it into a good educational opportunity. Well, and, you know, we all like to think that, you know, every dog is happy, every dog is friendly, you know, we can get in their face, we can pet them, we can put them in situations and they're not going to react, but they do react. So it's really nice to see that you provide that information to show people, you know, here's kind of what to do. Um, you know, unfortunately, accidents will happen, and this is what that was. It was it was simply an accident, but it happens with other pets too. Right. You know, I I always like the people that they come in and they immediately want to pick up the cat. Well, you know what? The cat might not want to be picked up, and then they get scratched, and then they're mad, and mm. it's like, no, the cat didn't want picked up. <laughs> you know? 
That's right. I mean, cats have the same sort of warning signs, too, that, right. you know, we sometimes ignore them because we just want them to do something. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, we work, um, we work with people in their homes, too. We'll do private consultations. Right. If, um, you know, we had a, just a case not too long ago of people who, a uh, family in Boulder who had a cat that all of a sudden just became very aggressive. Oh, and, no. and, um, so they called our behaviorist and they said, we don't know what's going on with this cat. And she came into their home and gave them some tips of some things that they could do to, you know, to make mm-hmm. their cat feel more comfortable Great. and has virtually turned the cat around. Nice. So, you know, the cat was on the verge of being relinquished to our mm-hmm. shelter. And, and so, you know, we came in to, to try to figure out Great. how to make, keep that relationship yeah. together. Yeah. You know, and, and I love looking at the pictures on your site, you know, because you've got the, the pictures of the, the dogs and the cats. Do you find that when you post pictures, you really do get pretty quick response of somebody who's interested? We do. Actually, it's very, it's, Kind of crazy sometimes mm-hmm. because um, there'll be a dog or a cat um, that has been at our shelter for a while, and then we'll post something on Facebook, and to, especially if I post like a video or mm-hmm. the photo for sure, and you know by the d- that same day sometimes right. that animal has been adopted, mm-hmm. and he or she's been in our shelter for you know six mm-hmm. eight days, and and no one had really noticed right. yet. You so know, and, and to me that's a great tip for anybody who's using Facebook as a business tool. People like the posts that have pictures. You know, you can talk about it. You can tell the story. You can do all of those various things. But the second you have the picture, that's when people stop and look. And the nice thing is it's it's a real animal with you. It's not that you have stock photography. It's, you know, this is, I'm looking at the picture of Crystal. That's a, a kitty that just was put up, you know, is, is, has been adopted, it looks like. And, you know, this is a very cute picture. I would look at that. Oh, I want Crystal. I have to go get Crystal now. <laughs> but if I knew it was just, you know, a stock picture or if you just described it, yeah, I might not pay any attention. Right. It's kind of interesting because there was a little bit of hoopla a couple of weeks ago about the Westminster Dog Show and oh, yes. training, mm-hmm. you know, trading their sponsors um, because of uh, use of different types of photos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, we work really hard, actually, at the Humane Society. We we really rarely show animals behind bars mm-hmm. um, because we show animals that, you know, they... They lo- we want them to look like they'll look when they get to your home. They're oh, happy like this animals. Upside down kitty. Yeah, <laughs> she'll be stretched out and showing her belly, and uh-huh. and so you know we love to show their personalities, right. mm-hmm. and you know that's why we love the different. You know, there's so many different types of animals and so mm-hmm. many different types of personalities. So we like to convey that, and um, you know all of our photos are usually animals, t- uh, dog animals are taking out taken outside in the mm-hmm. sunshine and playing and. And so, but yeah, the photos are really, really important. I almost always post a photo mm-hmm. or if the there's a wink, uh, link to a website, try to find a photo to go with right. it so that, you know, we're just a visual society. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why things like Pinterest are, you know, getting so much interest I know. lately. Yeah. You know, that's, that is something. So do you guys have a Pinterest page? We do not yet, uh-huh. but we have the perfect, <laughs> we have the perfect right. venue for mm-hmm. it. So I've actually been, you know, playing around on my own mm-hmm. page. I have one of my Pinterest boards is mm-hmm. beautiful homeless animal animals. Ah. So I've been posting some mm-hmm. of our animals mm-hmm. on my mm-hmm. page just to see how interested right. people are. And, you know, they're being repinned by people mm-hmm. I don't know. And don't even know if they live in mm-hmm. Boulder, but right. I love, you know, what I love about it is it links right back to our website, mm-hmm. and it's just another great way to drive traffic to our website. I mean, 
Facebook right now is the third um, largest traffic source to our website, ah. and it only follows after direct links straight from you know the dog and cat pages on our website. Nice, nice. So, you know, and and to me that just shows that you really are utilizing it, and and you know exactly what you're doing, and and you go in and you post often, and and you do all of these things, but you make it fun. You know, and, and, but, but it is great tips for anybody who's using these sites. You have to post fairly often. You have to post things that are fun. You have to post things that are timely. You know, I mean, so many people posted in the last couple of days about the Academy Awards because that was just something that people were thinking about. Right. You know, there for weeks, everybody posted about Tim Tebow. That was always a lot of fun. But, you know, it's, it really is to me, it's a, a resource that especially nonprofits have to utilize because you can reach so many people. You know, and, and as you mentioned, maybe the people who were repinning and, and sharing the information might not even be in Boulder County. They could be in England. They could be in Japan. They could be wherever, but they might be connected to people who are here. Right. And I think that's one of the things that many business people and many nonprofits forget is they, they want to focus on local. And that's great. I mean, you, you do have to do that, but you never know who is connected to whom. You know, and, and so you could post this great picture, and it really could be shared by people around the world, and that's where you get those people coming back. Right. I mean, we saw huge evidence of that last year. We launched a campaign called the No Choke Challenge, and it was mm-hmm. all about educating people about different alternatives of um, training tools that they mm-hmm. can use for their dogs. Right. And so we were encouraging people to uh, give up their choke, prong, and shock collars mm-hmm. and trade it in for a no-pull harness. Very simple concept, right. mm-hmm. and um, it really took off more than we thought that it was going mm-hmm. to. And, you know, because of social media, we started reaching people in other states, at other shelters. Great. Um, they wanted to model our program. They wanted mm-hmm. to know how they could order harnesses. You know, and we had people from all over the world, actually, mm-hmm. you know, people in the U.K. and asking about this program and wow. how do we get a copy of their poster. You nice. know, so that wasn't the audience we were trying mm-hmm. to reach. But, you know, if we can influence mm-hmm. behavior and changes across right. in other markets, that's mm-hmm. great. And, and it comes back to education. You know, you're, you're providing that piece. So great. Well, we're going to go ahead and, and take another break. And when we come back, let's talk kind of about the business aspects. You know, do you re- look at the page insights and all of those various things? So great. We'll be back in just a moment. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights. Check is in the mail And your little angel Hung the cat up by its tail And your third fiancé didn't show Sometimes you want to go Where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to be where you can see The troubles are all You want to be where everybody knows your name Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead The morning's looking bright And your shrink ran off to Europe and didn't even write And your husband wants to be a girl Be glad there's one place in the world your name and they're always glad you came 
Well, I am back. I am Deb Creer, the socialite. I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media to promote themselves and their businesses. And today we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Kim Sporer here from the Boulder, uh, the Humane Society of Boulder Valley. And she's talking to us about how nonprofits can use social media to promote themselves and the products and the services that they have, to talk about their education programs, to do fundraising, recognize volunteers. To me, it's almost limitless as to what you can do with social media if you're a nonprofit. You know, if I have a product or service, it's pretty limiting what I can do. But, you know, there's so much that you could talk about for a nonprofit. How do you decide how often to post and when to post? Because to me, that is one of the questions that people ask me so much. How often do I post and when do I post? So how have you kind of worked out that mix? Or is it always a work in progress? It is a work in progress. <laughs> However, I post at least one or two things a day. Um, I am I monitor our site very closely. Uh, I get uh, email alerts that let me know if someone has tagged or posted something mm -hmm. to our page so that I can check it out. Um, but I always make sure that there's a couple of things on there that to keep people engaged. Right. I never want them to mm -hmm. think that we're not talking. I mean, it's called social media for a reason. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make people active and, and go to see what's new, what, what's happening now. So um, I'm always posting a couple of things. Um, if it gets to be as many as four to five posts mm -hmm. in one day, you know, I'm like, no more. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I start seeing, you know, because if other people start posting on our page too, then then the feeds that I mm -hmm. want people to see are starting to get further and further mm -hmm. down the page and they're getting missed. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's always a little bit of a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I like to make sure, usually I like to make sure there's a couple of really good nuggets on there on Mondays because a lot of people are on um, social media mm -hmm. sites on Mondays. They've maybe taken the weekend off and they're back at work right. and they check now and then to see what happened over the weekend. Do you post in the evenings, you know, and that's always a delicate subject because, you know, we don't want you to have to work evenings. But for so many people, they can't access Facebook during the day, right. you know, when they're at work. So do you post in the evenings? I do. Um, I often post around the 9 o'clock hour. Ah. I'll usually post something, mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of people are online mm -hmm. between 9 and 1030. Mm -hmm. And um, I often will post something, you know, around that time, maybe something fun that happened in the day or an update on an animal that was adopted or just something that people might be looking for to uh, kind of end mm -hmm. their day. Um, you know, I try to post a lot of times during the noon hour because I know that people get online okay. during the noon hour and they post. Um, and I, if I, if I have something really, really something that I want people to see right away, I will um, get on Hootsuite and schedule it to be in the feeds by like seven seven thirty in the morning. Okay, because I know that a lot of people are online at that time mm -hmm. of day too. So you do a combination of scheduling your posts and thinking, okay, it's two o'clock. I'm going to go do a post now. Right, I do. Great. Yeah, I love I love doing some scheduling if there's some things that I mm -hmm. know are reoccurring and I'm going to be busy and mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to get something posted. It's a nice resource to have, great. especially for nonprofits mm -hmm. when, you know, like me, I'm the only one. So for nonprofits, it's great. You can get in there and just schedule mm -hmm. things and you don't have to worry. And You could, like, take a vacation. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's the other thing that so many business people tell me, or non especially nonprofits where they have a staff of one or a staff of a half, because you know it's, it's a part-time person, 
And I always tell them, you know, use programs like Hootsuite because you can schedule. You know, you can sit down on a Monday morning. You can schedule your post for the week. But it's never set it and forget it because somebody might have a question. And you brought up a very good point that you get an email notification when somebody posts on the page. Because, you know, it's, that's to me that's very critical to make sure that what's being posted on your page is what you want posted on your page. You know, some people will post well-meaning things that just shouldn't be there. And then, of course, you've got people who spam and, and all of those things. Um, you know, I, I, I administer several pages, and only one time have I ever had a problem on a page, and they posted naked pictures. It was like, oh, dear. You know, and, and luckily, I, I saw it right away, and I was able to take it off. I did have to apologize, though, because people did see it, and I banned the user because I didn't want them coming back to the page. Have you ever had problems where you've had to either delete posts or at least have a friendly chat with someone? We've had both. Um, I've had a couple of times where people are promoting products or services on mm -hmm. our site, and that's just, especially if it's not pet-related, right. it definitely won't leave it on our site. Um, and so, you know, I'll remove those, and I usually I'll put a little disclaimer that says, reminder that this is our policy mm -hmm. of um, what ha what does and doesn't appear on our page. Um, we've had a couple of times where people have had something happen with their animal or maybe mm -hmm. a, you know, a difficult customer experience. Um, and so we've talked about things with them, you know, through, with the audience because mm -hmm. we know that people have seen the post. Right. Sometimes I wait to see if our fans mm -hmm. will respond, mm -hmm. um, ah. and sometimes they don't. And mm -hmm. then, I, you know, it's i got to get it, mm -hmm. you know, i got to take care of it. Right. Um, sometimes I like to just watch the discussion mm -hmm. and then see where it goes um, and then jump in. You know, but I try to make it authentic. Um, you know, if we post something, you know, I think there have been other organizations that have gotten in trouble when they just put our official statement is, yeah, and they post that on on social mm -hmm. media. You know, people people are taken aback by that because right. they want it to be mm -hmm. more natural. And so we've had some situations where we've had to really clarify something with someone who either misunderstood or or you know read something somewhere else and they just mm -hmm. want our opinion about it too and so and that's okay i mean that's kind of what it's for right it's a great great way to be interacting with people right so it's a good good way to gauge what's on people's minds mm -hmm. too you know i was working with somebody last week on their business page and they wanted to set it so that only their posts would show ever and, and so i of course said why and they said well we don't want to have to monitor it I said, so what if people ask questions? What if they want to, gosh, spend money with you? And they went, oh. I mean, that had never occurred to them. And I said, that's that's part of the problem. And to me, that's one of the things that annoys me the most, is if I go to a business page or a nonprofit page and pose a question that they really should be answering. I have gone to pages before and said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to contact you because I would like to do business with you, and they never respond. Mm -hmm. To me, that's just like I walked in their door and nobody said, may I help you, or I called and nobody returned my message. And, you know, and, and but it's very easy to monitor that. You know, as you mentioned, you just get an email. You know, nobody expects, uh, expects immediate response. To me, if you respond within 24 hours, that's probably doing pretty good. So it's not that you're having to spend so much time just watching that. Right. I do think you need to, you know, carve out a little time every mm -hmm. day to make sure that you go on and, and see what's happening on your page. Mm -hmm. But but I don't, I mean, I, we have a very active page, I believe. Yes. And mm -hmm. um, I don't spend my entire day checking my mm -hmm. Facebook page or the Facebook page. Um, you know, I go on and, and I check for comments and I, and I do respond to every post. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone 
post a cute picture of their pet that they've adopted from us. You know, I'll make some sort of little uh-huh. comment and and then, you know, like it, you know, right. and mm-hmm. give some response. And mm-hmm. and um, so, you know, I do think it is important if people have taken the time and they want to share. And, and so, um, you know, being responsive is a big part of social media. Um, and it's not just Facebook. I mean, the other one that you have to be even more responsive, I feel, is on Twitter. Right. Because it has such a wide mm-hmm. audience. You don't know who's retweeting and who's mm-hmm. passing your information around to their friends and, and asking questions. And it's a little bit harder to monitor than, than mm-hmm. Facebook. So um, getting on Twitter and checking out to see if people are commenting is, is also an another, another important mm-hmm. thing to keep in mind. Let's talk about Twitter because we have been focusing on Facebook, and I'll admit I don't follow you. I think I follow you personally on Twitter, but not the the uh, Humane Society. So, do you post the same information? What do you post there? Yeah, I do have it set up for an auto feed from our Facebook page. Okay. The problem is, um, I think Twitter hates that because they hate those feeds. They're not. They don't seem right. authentic. And it's very hard to you know if you've done more than 140 characters, it gets very confused. Right. And it doesn't. It doesn't usually convey it the right mm-hmm. way for you. So a lot of times I go in and fix it when it's on Twitter. I'll okay. go in and kind of change the the mm-hmm. post around so that it makes sense for Twitter. Um, you know, and that's. That is uh, is an important thing to do, I think, because otherwise people are like, what What are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. Um, What's well, like when Twitter comes into Facebook and they're using a bunch of hashtags? Right. I'm like, what? No, ah, that makes no sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So um, on Twitter, you know, I use Twitter a lot for adoption animals. Um, ah. I just go straight from our our page our, on our website. Mm-hmm. Every animal has its own individual a profile page and you can a share tool is right there and you just click on it and you can share the link that goes straight to their photo um, and I tell a little bit about the animal and, and nice. hope that people will spread mm-hmm. that around um, you know I use it a lot for events there are a lot of um, groups that will reshare event mm-hmm. notices on Twitter so that helps spread the word about you know fundraising events and things very quickly and that's really really nice um, I also use uh, tweet um feed for photos a lot. If I'm ah, if I'm downstairs mm-hmm. in the shelter and I happen to be walking through and see an animal doing a, an adorable thing, uh-huh. I will take their picture and post it right away from to, on Twitter from my phone. Great. Um, you know, it's just fun. It mm-hmm. just makes people feel a little more connected to mm-hmm. our organization. And that's what that's what's important to me about using social media mm-hmm. is making that connection with people, getting them engaged and enhancing the relationship that they have with our organization mm-hmm. as well. So, rough guess, how much time per day do you spend on social media? Um, I would say at work, maybe half hour. Um, See, and you accomplish home. a lot in that half hour. Yeah. And I think that, to me, is so important for people to know because so many people think this is going to take four or five hours a day. You do a lot in a half an hour, but you're very focused. You know what you're going to do. And then, you know, as you mentioned, you check it in the evenings and you do some of those things too. So, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, more than that. But this is not rocket science. You know, it's, it's yeah. not spin. I tell people 15 minutes. You can probably do this in 15 minutes a day. Of course, you know, the, if you're like me and you're the kid with bright, shiny objects, well, I start clicking on all the links, and then pretty soon I've lost an hour. So if you really have to focus, set a timer. 
Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to do it. And if you're on your personal page, you know, don't look at the pictures from the high school classmate and all of that. That's what you do in the evenings. But, you know, again, you you spend a half an hour doing this, and you you are so accomplished at it, and you get so many people that are commenting, following, liking, retweeting, sharing, you know, all of those various things. Yeah, and the thing to, I think, once you are on it more, you kind of learn how to use it a lot faster. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I've had people say, well, will you post this on Facebook? And I'm like, Sure, just send me the image or whatever, and it's there, and, you know, they feel seconds. Mm-hmm. And it really does not take that long. Right. Um, but what takes a little bit longer is trying to figure out how to make your, your posts a little more effective. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, if you're posting about, as you did today, you're posting about the Humane Society of Boulder Valley, so mm-hmm. you're connecting with our site, which means that you also have to like it first. Right. And mm-hmm. so just, but it enhances it because it's mm-hmm. also posting on our page mm-hmm. while it's posting on your page. More eyes are seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're making that connection. I mean, we do that a lot with our donors. And, you know, if we have an organization who came in and brought us a donation, we'll post something on Facebook mm-hmm. and link to their organization so that it also shows up to right. their friends mm-hmm. and fans. And so it just, it just is an easy mm-hmm. way to, take a little time to make a big mm-hmm. difference. Well, and you know, you you bring up the the numbers. It, to me it's not a quantity versus quality because you know somebody could have, you know, 10,000 people they're following on Twitter and 5,000 people on Facebook, but if they're not the right people, it makes no difference. But, you know, the one of the the nice things about Facebook is they do have for for pages, they have insights where, you know, you can see what's going on on your page, all those various things. So uh, you you uh you check those, you look at those things. What are you looking for? Are you looking for specific demographics? Do you, you know, is, does it matter to you the most where people are located? You know, really, what are you looking at when you're in the insights? Yeah, I'd look for things like like that, like where are most of our, our fans from? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start from the Denver, Boulder area, mm-hmm. but we also have fans from out of the country, you know, and so that's wonderful. Um, I look at things like when when are they on? Um, you know, what when, when do we see some spikes? And mm-hmm. if I saw a spike on last Tuesday, then I will look back and say, well, what did Would we you have post? on right. Tuesday mm-hmm. that was so hot, you know, and try to figure out what more can I do, like posts like mm-hmm. that, that people really seem to you know, grab onto and, and enjoy and share with their friends. And right. So looking at those shares and how many people look at each one of the posts and how many potential could have seen a post, um, mm-hmm. you know, those are all important things to look at. And then also, you know, referring sites. Like if you post something on Facebook, does it get people to your website? Mm-hmm. Because that's a big intent for right. me is I don't want it to just sit on Facebook. I also want them to take action mm-hmm. somewhere else or or click on our donate tab or cool. click on a picture of an animal. Right. Cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a, another break. And when we come back, let's talk just, you know, some more tips and techniques to make sure that people are seeing what you're putting out there.
Hi there, and why can't we be friends? I am Deb Creer, the socialite. You can find ways to connect with me on Mile High Radio on my show page, so make sure that you look there and connect with me. Also, make sure that you go to Facebook and you like the Mile High page there. That's M-I-L-E-H-I radio.com. So you want to make sure that you like that page and, and check out some of the other shows that are on. We've got a lot of great programming that we have here, and you know I'm sure you'll find something that you like. The nice thing is all the programs are also archived so even if it doesn't match your time to listen then you can go to the the show pages and listen on demand so at your leisure I am here today with Kim Spore from the Boulder Valley, uh, from the Humane Society of Boulder Valley. I'll get it right yet. Uh, the Humane Society of Boulder Valley, and we're talking about how nonprofits can use social media. And Kim has had so many just absolutely fabulous tips. You know, figure out when the people are going to interact the most. Look at the insights. If, you know, if, if you did a post and it really spiked your, your, uh, statistics, what the heck did you post about? Do you find that there are posts that you think are great posts and it's a dud? (laughs) There are some things that I think are funny that other people do not. (laughs) So, yes, that happens from time to time. And, and, you know, it might just be a timing thing and it might be... Yeah, if you posted it in the evening, it would work. If you post it in the morning, not so much. That's right, Mm -hmm. yeah. But, um, you know, there are certain things that I know that people do love and I try to give them more of Mm -hmm. that. And so... You know, things like, you know, children bringing in their piggy banks full of money to help the dogs and and cats. Mm -hmm. And they collected money for their birthday for the animals instead of getting their own gifts. I mean, how sweet is that? Mm -hmm. And so that's a great example for, you know, for us to share Mm -hmm. with the community and for us to also show our gratitude. Mm -hmm. So love showing things like that. Mm -hmm. And our fans love seeing things like that, too. Great. Yeah. So in videos, um, you know, we have a YouTube channel. So we like to make sure that we we show our YouTube videos for the animals. We have volunteers who, who take the videos of the animals and kind of brings them to life. You mm-hmm. know, it makes people want to see see and learn more about mm-hmm. them. So really, um, try to I try to make sure that things are really integrated. Um, mm-hmm. If we're doing something on our website that we want people to know about, I try to make sure I post on Facebook as well and, and Twitter so that we're just really getting this continuity of messaging in a lot of different types of channels. Mm-hmm. Great. So use Facebook and Twitter. Any other platforms? Um, YouTube and um, Foursquare. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, because you are a physical location, so people can check in. So right. that's that's good. Uh, you know, to me, any place that is what they call a brick-and-mortar place, so you have a physical location, should be on Foursquare. Because you do want people to check in when they get there, because that's a way for them to basically be promoting you. Right. You know, I'm not going to check into a place, you know, and, and I don't use Foursquare, but I do check in on Facebook. If I like the place, I will check in there. You know, if it's, you know, it, it, or, you know, if some places if I'm just, you know, out shopping or something, that's not. But if I'm there and it's, you know, maybe it's a great meal, a great meeting, a great, you know, uh, business, then I do check in because to me I'm showing the people I'm connected with, hey, this is a business or an organization that I support. Right. And on Foursquare you have the opportunity to do a little loyalty reward so mm-hmm. um, on our page right now we currently have if you check in twice at the Humane Society Boulder Valley you get a you get a coupon for 20% off oh. in our little retail store to buy wow. something for your pets nice so you know there's something like that that you can set mm-hmm. in that are as an incentive like it's a surprise mm-hmm. you know you've unlocked right. this uh-huh. coupon and, and that's for a business or a nonprofit. right it is okay, yeah anybody cool. can do that so because we have the same thing um, we have a thrift shop in Boulder, so we use mm-hmm. the same kind of 
tools for the thrift shop. Thrift shop has its own uh, Foursquare page, plus it has its own Facebook page as well. Oh, nice. Right. Cool, cool. Well, how do we find you online? You know, you as in the entity, not you as the person. <laughs> well, uh, Humane Society of Boulder Valley is, um, we're on Facebook. It's just Humane Society of Boulder Valley. And then on uh, Twitter, the handle is Humane Boulder. Ah. And that's only because when we first signed up, someone had taken Boulder Humane. Oh. And so um, <laughs> we had to come get creative and figure out something mm-hmm. else that would work. So it's Humane Boulder. Um, and then on YouTube, it's HSBB 2323. 2323 is our address. Mm-hmm. But if you type in Humane Boulder Valley, you will most Great. likely find it there, too. Cool. You know, and, and we had, uh, my guest last week was Avram Gonzalez, and we talked a lot about video then and how much it is, is an absolutely fabulous tool Pictures are great, but video is so much better. You know, if you see the, the puppy dog that's turned upside down so you can scratch his tummy and, you know, the kitty purring, then it really does. You just want to go and get that animal right then. Right. I mean, video is so powerful. And most of the videos that we do are just shot on little flip cams. And, you know, I'm so sad that they quit making them because they're such a great tool. Mm-hmm. And they're not expensive for nonprofits mm-hmm. to get. But a lot of a lot of digital cameras have their own little mm-hmm. um, video camera on them, too, that are just as easy. They're just not as, as quick um, right. to be mm-hmm. able to edit. But, um, you know, we use video a lot. Um, we take videos of the adoption animals, especially those that are having a little more trouble mm-hmm. getting adopted. Um, and we use them on lots of different forums. We use them on all the different social media mm-hmm. networks, plus they're posted on our website. Um, they're easily shareable um, for other people. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that I love, mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, as so you see someone you like, you can share the video. Mm-hmm. And just the ability to tell stories in a different way. Right. I mean, three minutes of video can go a long mm-hmm. ways to telling the kind of story that you want to tell about your organization. Perfect. You know, and, and to me, the theme that comes through with everything you you have been saying is that it's integrated. What you see on the website, you'll find on the Facebook page, you'll find on the YouTube channel. And I see businesses miss that. You know, they, they take their Facebook page in a different direction from, you know, what their, their website shows. So then people get mixed up. You know, they, they go to the website and they're like, what, 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 this doesn't make sense. And you're showing how very easy it is to do that. And right. so that's, that's been very critical for people to, to see is you really can mix them and, and match them. And it, it truly is an, um, just another marketing tool, but it does need to be integrated with what you're doing. Right. I mean, I think that's that can be tough for nonprofits mm-hmm. or, you know, organizations that don't have a strong brand. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's if if you don't have a strong look and feel, it's you can get real disconnected. People don't know, you know, who's who am I where am I now and yeah. what page am I mm-hmm. on and who am I talking to and right. and so I do think that that continuity helps us just be able to stretch our message mm-hmm. further, especially when you're a nonprofit, you need to use every tool you have and mm-hmm. you're in your um, toolbox of, of goodies of things right. to promote your mission and your causes, and so um, when they're working, when they're all working in together, you know, you see, it's a lot more, um, it's a lot powerful, mm-hmm. more powerful. Great. Well, I wanted to give you a chance. I see um, that you are having a fundraising event coming up called Bark to the Future, Putting on the Leash 2012. Mm-hmm. Give us a little bit of information about that and how people can uh, find out more details. 
Yeah, this is a this is going to be a fun one. This is our annual gala. It's our largest event of the year, and it's called Putting Putting on the Leash is the name of the event. But every year we change the theme, and this year happens to be our twentieth annual Putting on the Leash mm-hmm. event. So we decided to go back in future, in the future, a little bit to the eighties. And uh, something that was fun in the eighties was the movie Back to the Future. Right. But mm-hmm. we were, were calling ours Bark to the Future. Yes, and and I see we have you know Fido here in the Lamborghini. That's right. <laughs> yes. Well, I actually have a real Lamborghini at our event. Ooh. So, you know, I'm not sure there will be a cat driving it or anything like that. <laughs> but but it it uh, will happen on uh, Saturday, April 28th at the Coors Event Center in Great. Boulder. And um, tickets are on sale now at boulderhumane.org slash potl, P-O-T-L. And um, I'm assuming that they can find information on Facebook. Absolutely. Cool, yep. cool, yep. cool. We have an event listed there. Great. Well, any last tips for, you know, maybe it's a nonprofit that's thinking, oh, should we do this, should we not? We don't have time. What do you want to tell them? I would tell you that, uh, you know, you really need to carve out a little time. The social media, a lot of people have said it's a it's a fad, it's going away. It, it's not. It's not going away. It's getting stronger and stronger. And when we see the news media using it the way that they have been mm-hmm. using it, um, we know that, you know, it's going, it's just going to grow. Right. So in order to um, enhance your reputation, your ability to reach your donors and your the people that you want to support your organization, you need to be where they are and where they're gathering their information and where they're talking about other organizations right. like yours. And, and if you're not there, you, you will be forgotten mm-hmm. about or left behind in the conversation and so well and they may already be talking about you so you want to be part of that conversation rather than left out of the conversation right right yeah there's so many great benefits to being a part of social media um you can get in on conversations that you didn't know were existing about the things (laughs) that you care about too great so any final thoughts for us no i think um I'd encourage people to go online and check out our, our sites and just see what's happening out there and get engaged in the conversation and, and uh, appreciate the time that you gave to us cool. today. Well, can I post pictures about my kitties even though I didn't get them from you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I definitely encourage people, especially if you are looking for information, um, you know, whether you're here in, in Denver, Boulder, or if you're you know, around the world, make sure that you go in and look at their pages because there is some very good educational pieces there for, for pet owners. And to me, that is, is just so fabulous. Well, Kim, thank you so much for making this long trek down here. We kind of blew down here today. I think I saw Toto go flying by. (laughs) As always, I want to thank the man behind the glass. We could not do the program without Scott. Speaking of Toto, um, you know, he's he's the gentleman who makes the buttons go and and all of that good stuff. And without him, we would have no program. And it's fun to sit here and talk to you, but it's even more fun to have other people hopefully gain some some insights and some information from this. So thank you again. And uh, for those of you listening online, please remember to go and like our Facebook page at Mile High Radio and we will see you, listen to you, catch you, all those various things next week. Thanks, Deb. You're listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.